Hello and welcome to the BBP, also known as the Baptiste Brandon Podcast. My name is Brandon and I thank you for joining me today. So today I have a guest with me, Leanne Wolke, who is owner of um, a Baptiste Affiliate Studio, Epic Yoga in Brentwood, Tennessee. And I'm very grateful that um, Leanne, you're here with me today because uh, it's pretty much because of you and your studio that this podcast exists, that my journey has taken me down this road because it was at your studio that I first discovered Baptiste Yoga. I first did a teacher training program. I first um, started to teach and just got really um, down the rabbit hole of this whole pathway for my life. So I thank you and I appreciate you being here today. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. Um, so can you give us maybe like a, a minute or two minutes, just rundown on you, like your history with yoga, your studio, other, other professional things that you do in your life? Yeah, sure. So I started yoga about 24 years ago. Um, I was doing a Ashtanga class. I didn't know what it was at the time. Um, I had one of the 12 certified Ashtanga teachers at the time as my teacher. And then I got a crazy idea and I left California and I went to Philadelphia. And in 1997, there wasn't uh, a booming yoga industry like there is now. And I found this guy who was featured on the front of Philadelphia magazine as like the best yoga teacher of the year. Um, And his name was Baron Baptiste. And I remember when I flew out for the interview, I like saw this thing at the airport. I was like, okay, there's yoga in Philly. I can go. So I took the job and went. And uh, at the time, Baron was teaching at a place called Mainline Health and Fitness Um, in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania. And it was about 25 minutes from where I lived downtown. So I would go and he would have like space at a gym and uh, like he would help check in things. His wife, uh, Deanna at the time would also check in people. And it was a room that held maybe like 35, 40 people. And uh, I went and it was hot as blazes. um, And I was used to doing Ujjayi Pranayama. And I remember one of the first classes, you know, this bandana guy was teaching. he came over and was like, put the mic in my face. Like, this is what the breath should sound like. I was like, okay. And then like 10 minutes later, I got nauseous with the Ujjayi combined. I was like, oh my gosh, this is too much. So I like ran and thought I was going to be sick, but I was fine. Um, and that was kind of how I met Baron. I practiced with him uh, on and off. And then I was still doing Ashtanga as my primary practice. Um, I moved from Philly and uh, moved a couple places And he had just put out Journey into Power. Um, And I bought it. And for me, it was like, I was living in places that there wasn't an abundance of yoga. So I was trying just to grasp whatever I could. The internet didn't exist. YouTube didn't exist. I mean, the internet existed, but it was not what it is today. Like you couldn't just find a class or find a studio. And I kept running into this Baptiste yoga. I was living in in, um, Cleveland and... I found Cleveland yoga. And again, I knew that anytime I went and experienced this Baptiste yoga, there was something more to it. Um, So for me, it was kind of like the intersection of transformational psychological work, psychological growth, and the physical asana practice. Um, So it seemed like a good fit. I had wanted to open a studio since I got back from India. Um, I was in the process of buying one and then waited and uh, when I finally decided to bite the bullet and open, I knew that I wanted it to be a Baptiste studio because of um, 
the elements that I thought were important for the transformational work and the um, the asana as well. I mean, it's a whole other like squiggly path to get there, but that's kind of the short of it. Yeah, great. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I know that you do a lot of life coaching and other, a lot of other, um, coaching and things like that. And so speak to what the transformational part of Baptiste yoga, not just the physical asana and the physicalness and the stretching of the pose and the practice, but like, what does the transformational and the deeper aspects of Baptiste yoga mean to you? Well, for me, um, I have a master's in experimental psychology. I've done transformational work since I was 12, um, with LifeSpring, with my mom, and I've done Landmark Forum, and I've done PSI seminars, and everything Tony Robbins has done. So it's a big part of me, and I believe in human potential. I believe in um, reaching for that that greater call that all of us have inside of us. So for me, I went back at one point um, and was taking PhD level classes. Actually, I went back twice taking PhD classes. I love group psychotherapy. I love like those were my favorite classes. And so for me, like a Baptiste yoga class kind of got you into some of that introspective work uh, without having to be licensed. Um, You were able to say some things in a yoga class that you probably would lose a license if you were a therapist. (laughs) Right? Like give up what you must. Like if you said that as a therapist, you'd be like, ah! (laughs) You know, so for me, it was kind of like the easier um, choice. So I think that that's, I've had huge breakthroughs in my own practice. Um, What I say is I wanted to open a studio for about 15 years. And the one thing that got me to open it is there was a year my husband hadn't bought me a Christmas gift. He had just moved to Tennessee and we were in a crazy busy time. And um, he ended up saying like, he was going to go buy me diamond earrings, like on Christmas Eve. I'm like, this is stupid let's just have you like send me to a yoga training. And I was like, okay, maybe that Baptiste guy I'll go. And I went and I went to level one and somehow after level one, within like a year and a half, I opened my studio. So I always like warned people like, look, if you're going to that level one, look out, your whole life could change. Like, as you know. Um, so I think that I think that it was that transformational piece that allowed me to get through whatever it was that was blocking the way to actually do the thing I said I wanted to do. And that's where I think Baptiste Yoga shines above all. Uh, I love that. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so next question I have for you is as a student, cause it's important to keep up the practice ourselves and just always be in the work ourselves. So as a student, what does practicing the tools and techniques of Baptiste Yoga, asana, meditation, inquiry, Uh, What does that do and allow for in your life? What does that give you access to as a student? I think that the tools give you access to to showing up fully in your life, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so the tools give you um, the peace of mind to be a better parent, to show up in traffic and not flip somebody off when they cut you off. Um, And I think that it's important to be able to live in the world, not just be a yogi. For me, it's been a study, you know, for a long time um, and looking at some of the deeper things. I'm headed to the yoga and science conference on Friday this week because I think that there's more to it even um, and being able to really understand. Now we're learning more and more about why yoga works, but the three principles, 
of, or the three elements, if you look at it, of practicing, moving your body physically, we know that that helps to tone the vagal nerve. If we tone the vagal nerve, we know we're getting people out of the sympathetic nervous system, that fight or flight system, and putting them into the parasympathetic. In the parasympathetic, that's where all of the rest, digest, repair goes on. And that's really the state that people are much more pleasant to be in, you know? So I think that that's key. That's the asana, right? And then sitting in meditation, well, that's key because then you're able to realize that you are not your thoughts. You have thoughts, but you're not your thoughts. And you can then begin to detach from from that. You know, you don't get so rattled so easily. Um, And then the inquiry, because that leads you to be a greater person. Like my favorite quote, you want to hear it? Yeah. It's by Patanjali. Um, And it's when you are inspired by some great purpose, some extraordinary project, all your thoughts break their bonds, your mind transcends limitations, your consciousness expands in every direction, and you find yourself in a new, great, and wonderful world. Dormant forces, faculties, and talents become alive, and you discover yourself to be a greater person by far than you ever dreamed yourself to be. That, to me, is what you access for yoga. Mm. Yeah. So as a teacher, what do you personally discover through sharing the practice with others and with students? I mean, the only thing that keeps me teaching is hearing what happens to students from this. You know, seeing people light up, seeing people realize like, oh, wait a minute, I don't have to believe that nonsense that I've told myself for 40 years. Um, seeing people get through difficult things. I ran into a lady who was here um, during a really hard time of her life. Her son had been killed in an auto accident, her eight-year-old son. And it, it was, I mean, that's a parent's worst thought. But I ran into her the other day at a school and she talked about how she was able to heal. Now, during that time, the only place she would go when she left her house was here. She would only come to practice yoga. She like barely showered. So to give somebody access to be able to move grief through their body and get that out. And now she's got like a, how old's her baby? Like two and a half year old who was born, you know, 17 months to the date and time of the accident. So it's this beautiful healing mechanism that we see as people are able to move through different emotions. Um, That keeps me teaching. I mean, I hear from people that it helps with depression, it helps with anxiety, it helps them, you know, connect better to their kids, it helps them realize that a relationship they're in isn't the right one, and then they're able to make some shifts so that they can feel alive. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like we help people become alive. Absolutely. And I want to touch on that a little bit too. I've only been um, doing this practice for like five years or so. And uh, and so what got me hooked right away was the physicalness of it and just how good it made my body <laughs> feel. And now as I'm like still on my journey, I'm starting to like realize that like there's so much healing going on. First off, the practice like got me aware and got me like okay, like, yep, now I'm starting to feel alive. I'm starting to feel my emotions more. And then I start to like come up against a lot of rough edges and things that like I have resistance to or things, whatever, that like it just starts bringing up stuff in my life. And then it puts me into certain emotions or places. And then, yeah, and then I just keep practicing and I find that it's extremely healing. And because maybe at first I didn't even allow myself to feel any of the 
the things that I needed to heal from. And now, you know, things like that are starting to come up and I'm personally discovering like, yeah, this is so healing when at first I just was like invigorated by the practice, you know? And so for me in my own journey, I'm definitely, and I know a lot of people like they speak to like, yeah, it's, it's very healing. And maybe that's the first thing that they are attracted to in yoga. They come to de-stress and all those things. And, and so everyone has different experiences with it, but yeah, I, I just love that. It's definitely so healing. And, but it's just, I can just totally relate to the healing aspect of it. And yeah, seeing so many people come in in their own stories um, and just how they're, they're able to just, like you said, move their body through grief, through pain, through whatever they need to, to get more alive and more freed up on the other end. So I love that. It's beautiful. So Leslie Kamenoff said it, I was interviewing him and he talked about um, that yoga, someone was asking about his physical practice. And he said, initially when he did it, like he had to practice all the time and yoga, he said, is it like gets the residue of the day off, Hmm. right? So the the stickiness of it, of events, emotions, all of it. And he said, the longer that he's practiced, the less that he has to actually do that because it doesn't stick. Mm -hmm. It's almost like applying a Teflon coating. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think when you first started practicing, if we go there, like, Right. Like there are times you're trying to show up four times a day at the studio and I had to kick you out and be like, Brandon, enough. This is not like go home. Right. I don't want you dehydrated and having a seizure or something because of that. So I think it's that balance of people get addicted to it. And like anything, like we want yoga to be part of someone's life. We want it to be a tool that they have so that they can, you know, can access it when they need it and on a regular basis but just like brushing your teeth is good for you, but you don't want to brush your teeth all day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm always like continuously learning from you. And, um, and like what I'm learning um, in my practice as I keep going down this journey through Baptiste yoga is the balanced action aspect and both in my practice and in my life. And so, yeah, you speak to that very well. Like don't want to brush my teeth all day long. Don't want to just like, just like blindly, like, all right, this yoga, yoga, yoga thing, like learn to learn to be with all my experiences and just apply like they, like their reference, their tools. They're not, they're yeah. not. Yeah. I mean, you don't want somebody like if somebody loves yoga and loves how they feel at yoga and their yoga life is good. Like we want them to be able to be good with their kids. We want them to be able to be feeling the same thing they feel in a studio with the people they love. Right. Because it doesn't work if, somebody comes here and has a great experience and they're a jerk at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the taking it off the map piece of it. And, um, and yeah, I hear that more and more all the time. It's just like, it doesn't matter how great the pose looks or however, whatever. It's just, it's like, can you go home and be a good person? And can you like just contribute and do good? Right. Like if you're, if you have a great yoga practice and you can rock a handstand in the center of the room for two minutes, but you're cheating on your taxes, really? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. What about the yamas and the niyamas? Like living the deeper practices, right? Like I think that that's really important um, that we look at how are we showing up in the world, right? Are we causing harm to others? Are we causing harm to ourselves through our words, our actions, by what we're doing or not doing? Are we being truthful? Are we being clean? Are we being, you know, mm-hmm. moderation? Um, yeah. So. And, to, and to me, that's what this practice gives, gives access to. It gives awareness to how I'm treating my body, how I'm talking to myself, how I'm showing up with other people, because it allows me to be present to just really learn like how I am showing up. And then, 
and then I can from there make changes. So yeah, love it. As a studio owner for nine years, as a team leader, as a facilitator of yoga trainings, what do you love about serving in those roles? Um, my favorite part is, is teaching yoga teacher trainings. Um, more and more, I'm gearing my whole world around that. Um, one of the things that I am known for is for being brutally honest. Like, like it or love it, I, I really can't hide it. Um, and so people come to me when they want the honest truth or, or they think they want the honest truth. And a lot of times when they come to me, they realize they wanted me to agree with what they wanted to say. They don't necessarily want the truth from my point of view. Um, but I think we all have to live into our strengths and more and more when I do that, you know, I'm happier. The people around me are happier. Um, I'm doing a lot of, of private coaching and group coaching. And so those transformational aspects, um, that are in my programs, which I think are a little bit different than other programs out there that, uh, just focusing more of my time doing that. I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, learning that stuff. And, um, you know, I, I think that if I can help people step into something bigger, I always say that we create more entrepreneurs than anything else, um, around because of when somebody is able to stand in front of a yoga room and teach, they're really able to stand in front of anybody and ask or do anything. So they can stand in front of their spouse and tell them the relationship isn't working. They can stand in front of their boss and ask for a raise, or they can stand in front of prospective clients and ask for what they want. We call that like it's abracadabra, literally means to create as I speak. If you can teach somebody that there's power in their words and clean up their language, then they can ask for what they want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very good. Thank you. And I also want to just say, like, uh, since you spoke to that, you are really loving the teacher trainings and facilitating those and, and thinking that that's your strength. I do want to just say that, like, I absolutely agree. And I think like I was, I just love my experience going through your teacher training and I can just see, I can see it like you're a very powerful teacher as well. But like when you like lead a whole group and like, just really want people, like you said, you, a lot of your people that go through your program are like entrepreneurs and really like take their whole life to a whole nother dimension and level of just ownership. And I absolutely see that. And that's kind of where I'm in, in my life. So, yeah. We just started last year, we created a mentor program. So we have a mentor mastermind program now, because what I would see is people would graduate a 200 hour program and they'd be so excited and they're on a high and they don't do anything. Right then they're like, well, maybe I should go to a 500-hour program. And I'm like, no, just put what I taught you into action. And like they have the illusion that education is momentum, which is absolutely not. Education is great, but it's kind of like an encyclopedia set. It doesn't do anything unless you utilize it. Mm -hmm. So um, in our Mentor Mastermind, we end up helping people that want to create businesses, like really do the work. Like it's action from day one. And somebody said, they're like, it's like an MBA in marketing <laughs> in four months. Because I don't think people put things into action. They think the love of yoga is enough and it's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally.
Um, I have one more question for you. Uh, thank you like for just everything you're sharing. Like I continuously like grow and learn so much and I'm so inspired by just like being on this call with you. Um, one more last question, just, uh, kind of not super deep, but, uh, maybe for anyone who's listening, that's a newer yoga teacher or an, um, an experienced one, but like from your perspective, what's one tip you have for a yoga teacher to land a stronger class or just whether it be a small tip or like a general concept tip, something, or a challenge to give them to think about. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about you. It's not about you. Nobody cares if you screw up. Nobody cares. If you truly see and love people, then it all works out. Um, I think when people get into a trap of thinking they have to do it perfect, it sets that up for their students that the students then feel like they, they're not good enough. So if you can create space for people to step into the scary places, to step into the, the discomfort, to step into a challenge, then they'll rise. But if it's about you and thinking, did I did it right? Oh, I nailed that. Oh, you know, if you play with music, like, oh, I have the best playlist ever. No, it's about you. It's not about them. Like you're not even seeing the students on the mat. See the people there. Speak to their bodies. The sense of belonging is the biggest need that people have. And, um, you know, I think that's why people come to yoga is they want to feel that sense of connection and community. Thank you. Thank you so much, Leanne. I love that. And uh, can you give us a little bit of information about like where we can find you and all your programs, things like that? Absolutely. So um, I own Epic Yoga here in Brentwood, Tennessee. So if you're in town, please stop in for a class. Um, I also train yoga teachers. I have a yoga teacher training program. I also have an online yoga school called Teach Yoga Online. Um, And then I also do a mentor program. So as I said, the mentor mastermind that right now, this next one will be in person and then it's going to be online. Um, it's also got some really heavy, uh, coaching components to it. So we get to like the nitty gritty stuff of your personal part plus the business stuff. So it's kind of an integration of both elements. Um, I have a podcast called the Epic journey and that is everywhere podcasts are. So you can check that out. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm on social media as well. On Instagram, it's epic period yoga period life. And on Facebook, it's Leanne Johnson Wolke. Awesome. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks, Brandon. 